Coming soon to a city near you, Vinitaly Roadshow. Have you ever wondered how to attend Vinitaly for free? Are you a wine trade professional interested in a sponsored trip to Vinitaly International Academy or Vinitaly, the wine and spirits exhibition? Coming soon to Princeton, New Jersey, Harlem, New York, and Chinatown in New York City, Cardiff in Wales, London in England, and Roost in Austria. We'll be giving away our new textbook, Italian Wine Unplugged 2.0. Find out more about these exciting events and for details on how to attend, go to liveshop.vinitaly.com. Limited spots available. Sign up now. We'll see you soon. Italian Wine Podcast, a Wine to Wine Business Forum 2021 media partner, is proud to present a series of sessions highlighting the key themes and ideas from the two-day event held on October the 18th and 19th 2021. This hybrid edition of the Business Forum was jam-packed with the most informed speakers discussing some of the hottest topics in the wine industry today. For more information, please visit winetowine.net and tune in every Thursday at 2pm Central European Time for more episodes recorded during this latest edition of Wine to Wine Business Forum. Um, I think we are ready. Uh, so thank you so much for being with us today. Um, I see you would like to know about Ukrainian wine market. So um, let me introduce um, Pavel Glazer. Uh, Pavel Glazer has a legal background, but uh, for more than 20 years, um, progressively developing his career in wine business in Ukraine. Um, and he absorbed lots of knowledge. You know, when we were preparing this presentation, some information we are planning to share today, you will not find it. Um, so uh, we would like to start with the name. Yeah. Uh, yeah sure, but let me first yeah, also introduce you, uh, you. Veronika, who, who is my moderator today and my I mean, partner for this presentation. So Veronika, she also has the um, uh, Belarusian origin, some of the Ukrainian blood. Uh, she's the uh, wine writer. She is the wine marketing manager, so working with some of the companies and also right now participates in this uh, new Wine Travel Award project, which we also maybe will talk a little bit about it today. Okay. Thank you, Pavel. So um, it, it was Pavel's idea to choose this name, uh, Ukraine, the treasure island of Europe. Uh, I believe uh, he will now share why, why it's a treasure. Uh, yeah, of course. well, actually, well, the name Ukraine Treasure Isle of Europe, that was because the organizers of the event asked for some cute name, you know, so very impressive name, so that was the main reason. But uh, honestly speaking, um, really, Ukrainian market, it's quite interesting and unique, you know, it's really like uh, Treasure Island or El Dorado. I mean, you can win it all, you can lose it all, so not perfectly logical, so you... Sometimes you don't understand exactly what's happening, but uh, probably the size of the price is quite big, so probably that's that's the main reason, I guess. Yeah, and uh, this joke appeared in my mind, you know, like 20 years, it's pretty long career to draw their treasure map, right? So um, our first chapter, kind of, it's about market overview, so Pavel will start. Yeah, sure. Uh, just one technical question. I, I'm not sure. Uh, is it okay if I'm sitting? Because, I mean, do you see me? Good. Because if I will stay, maybe. Okay, good. Okay, so, um, 
let's talk a little bit about the Ukrainian market. And uh, you remember, I was telling you in the beginning that the Ukrainian market is not perfectly logical. Because when you first, you know, look to the figures that you see here, so it looks, well, let's say a little depressing. Because we have the country of population that goes down. So we used to have 45 million, now it's 41 million. Then if we talk about the wine consumption, so it's 0.2 liters per capita. I mean, if you will com compare it with the Italian, which is 4.5, 4.6, it's almost nothing. Then if you take a look to the, you know, um, numbers of uh, inflation, devaluation, you know, it's like the heart attack, you know. So, I mean, always going up, sometimes down, but usually up. So, and yeah, I mean, the consumption itself, okay, the consumption of wine, it's small stable but very small and then the consumption of spirits actually is going down and yes i mean the the question of the normal you know person would be why should i go to this market you know i mean what to do there but then the logical part because when we see the imported wine trends everything goes up so when we talk about the still imported wine um the volume grew up two times, I mean, last five years, quite easily. So right now it's 4.7 million liter cases. If we take a look to the imported sparkling wine, so then uh, it's actually more than five times. So starting from uh, 500,000 uh, nine liter cases, now it's 3.4 million uh, nine liter cases. And that's all just in five years. And now the best, you know, probably news for Italian producers, because if we will switch to the Italian wines, Actually, Italian wines are the ones that are driving this trend. And uh, so for steel wines, it's more than two and a half times growth in last five years. For the sparkling wine, something happened that had never, almost never happened before. Because uh, sparkling wine from Italy, now it's more than the local wine, which is something that actually in Ukraine, Usually that doesn't exist. I mean, if there is the local product, usually you have it much more than the imported one. So only two exceptions, both with the Italian products. So sparkling wine now, and yeah, for a long time it was Vermont category, so which is named Martini. So I mean, and uh, yeah, so which means that for Italian wines, it really it's a huge growth, and uh, it's booming, and actually it's booming everywhere. Yeah, and uh, some almost like. This is the information that is hard to find. So, like, why Italian wines? Why Ukrainian consumers prefer them more than any others? And uh, there is not much information on segmentation of Ukrainian consumers at all. So, we can only based on Pavel expertise during these 20 years. And also, like, the trends are changing a lot. So, maybe Pavel could tell about it. Not only, I mean, well, mm -hmm. there was. Uh, oh, no, uh, first, I'll, you know, uh, answer about why Italian. Uh, Actually, I will not be unique because pretty the same concept was um, announced by our previous uh, lecturer. So probably it's pretty the same in Kazakhstan or any other um, CIS markets. So yeah, Italy for uh, Ukrainian people, you know, this is the country of the best food, of luxury products, of, uh, yes, the paradise on the earth. And uh, in terms of understanding you know so people when people think about the italian something italian this is something very good very quality very luxurious so that's why it's not a question and yeah again like the um, artem was mentioning previously uh yeah i mean every second restaurant in ukraine is the italian restaurant so that's why italian uh, food goes with the italian wines and speaking about the consumers um 
really, we didn't have much of the researchers for the last, I would say, five to ten years. Well, maybe due to the number of crises that we did have. But uh, what we can see, you know, just from the numbers, yeah, I'm sorry, I don't have much of the pictures, you know, so more was more the grass than the numbers, is that uh, the consumption is changing. So people are drinking more and more wines. And some of the reasons are, again, I've heard them today uh, from, 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 from previous you know, lecturers, that uh, people who are getting elder, they were drinking spirits. Now they have to drink less, so they have to switch to wines. But uh, the younger generation, we see that they also go more and more for lighter uh, drinks, which actually are the wines. And, uh, yeah, there is the trend of low alcohol wines, for example. But then another um, tendency that we see, and that is something that we see uh, between the youngsters, is that uh, the young people, they prefer to drink less sometimes. Well, because they're still limited, you know, with the, with the resources. But they prefer to drink less, but to drink some more quality products. Which actually, again, uh, well, from my point of view, you know, gives the very, very perspectives yeah and now we, uh, we will switch to distribution i believe it's important here yeah. uh yeah as i mentioned i'm sorry i mean uh well i will have a lot of numbers graphs so because well i thought that well probably people who will come to 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 this presentation will be the producers who will be interested how the market is operated so um the majority of the market is still operated by the traditional importers, which is very simple. Uh, actually, well, getting just back, you know, about the openness of the market. So I would say that the market is quite open. So we don't have uh, some troubles like, li like I don't know, expensive licenses or quotes or something. So the market itself is quite open. Still, there are some um, local... Um, things that you have to adjust, like, for example, tax bandrels, you have to adjust them and you have to adjust them before the goods will come to Ukraine. So which means that you will have to have the professional partner on the market. Uh, but now it's a little bit differentiating because now the traditional importers or distributors uh, who do the national distribution coverage, uh, so it's just now just 65%. And now we have the growing really huge tendency of the direct imports of the supermarkets or of the specialized retail. And uh, just for your understanding, if you could see it on the picture, actually the share of the specialized retail direct import is 15%. That's a lot. So I would say that the biggest sometimes importers of the Italian wines are the specialized retails and their direct import. Uh, so it's just, you know, means for you, if you will decide to come to the market, really, that is the first decision that you will have to make. So either you will go for the traditional retail, uh, traditional importer, and then you will get some national coverage, but it will take some time. Well, you know, the distribution system, uh, or you can, you know, really find a very good professional, uh, modern, uh, retailer who will very easily find you some volumes, some good volumes, but of course you will be limited to this uh, retailer only. And uh, yeah, so uh, just again, a little bit about the sales channels that we do have. So the majority again is the modern Carol, I'm sorry to introduce you, uh, to, uh, to interrupt you. Just one more thing, I think it's very important, cancellation of uh, importunity. In Ukraine. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, indeed. This is something that was happening for the last five years and uh, that is finishing this year. We have the, now we have the full free trade agreement with the European Union, 
which means that all the duties had been cancelled. And especially that mattered a lot for the sparkling wines because we had the import duty of 1.5 euro per liter. And yeah, the difference is quite high. So, but that was reducing for the five years in equal parts. And honestly speaking, for consumers, I would think from the beginning of the year, nothing will be changing because the majority of the operators already had adjusted their prices uh, on the shelves. So now they will just recover their margin. But you just have to keep in mind that uh, Italian wine, especially the sparkling wine, will have the huge advantage uh, uh, in front of, uh, first of all, new world wines. So because, I mean, you have the, the advantage of 1.5 uh, euro per Per, per liter, you know, very easily. Yeah, and yeah, sorry, yeah, getting no, no, no. back again, yeah, for the sales channels. So yeah, modern trade is the biggest part. So including the direct import, but also the most well-known names are distributed, you know, by the uh, traditional importers to the modern retail. The share of specialist trade is huge. I mean, it's 32% for Italian wine. I'm sorry, I didn't mention it here. It's not for the imported wine. That's for Italian wines. So a lot of Italian wines are sold in the specialized stores. And the Italian shelf is huge, so everything is present there. Uh, then Horeca, 10%, it's recovering, it's growing, not as much. So again, I mean, for uh, um, like maybe in the other Eastern European countries, the share of Horeca is quite small. So, but it's, it's growing, slowly but growing. Traditional trade, 7%, but it's only the entry-level wines. And then what is very important is the e-commerce. So it's 1.5%, which is maybe small, but two years ago it was nothing. And I think, well, up to the end of the year, it will be from 1.5%, it will grow to 3 to 5%. It grows hugely, especially, of course, I mean, the, during the COVID era, I mean, during the last year. So that is something that is growing. And... Uh, from my point of view, it's not only even the matter of sales, because the e-commerce really becomes the great tools for promotion of the wine, for uh, advertising of the wine. So this is, you know, something that doesn't fit, you know, the classical, you know, understanding of, you know, separation of sales and marketing. So it's, you know, on this age, working both, so really terrific. And the it's expanding, you know, it's, it's very quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now Pavel mentioned uh, COVID crisis. We decided by purpose not to speak about it. We, I think, all in the same boat, right? We suffered for a little bit. Uh, but uh, considering 2020, like considering hard times, like what future uh, Ukraine might have in terms of wine? Like what positive things you could tell us? Well, plenty of positive things are happening already. I'm here, for example, now, so it's quite positive. And, uh, but, uh, <laughs> I mean, in any case, well, as an industry, honestly speaking, we didn't suffer much. I mean, and, uh, again, you see the slide. It's very simple to explain. Horeca is just 10%. The rest is the off-trade. And an off-trade, probably you all know that, that actually it grew up during the COVID. So industry itself didn't suffer, really. People did. But, uh, well, we just hope that, uh, well, with the new, I mean, with the, with the, vac with the, with the vaccinations, you know, with the, this uh, new reality, 
that travels will recover again because that was something again that was missing and that was also connected of course with the Italian wine import people were coming here people were trying wines then they were going back and then they were searching for this wine on the market so that is something that is recovering that's very important for sure and yeah I mean I know that your project I mean Yola's project also is connected with the with the travels yes are you enjoying this podcast there's so much more high quality wine content available from mama jumbo shrimp check out our new wine study maps our books on italian wine including italian wine unplugged the jumbo shrimp guide to italian wine sangiovese lambrusco and other stories and much much more on our website mamajumboshrimp.com now back to the show Yeah, yeah. I want to make some small introduction of a new project that was born just recently in Ukraine. And uh, it would be interesting for those of you who develop in wine tourism and is interesting in maybe an Eastern European market to develop uh, the tourist flows. So uh, the biggest, uh, the most established media group in Ukraine, uh, communication media group Drinks UA, with the support of lots of partners around the world. We really have very broad geography, United States, UK, Italy, Spain, um, really many countries. Uh, so we created this Wine Travel Awards project, and the idea is to bring lots of actors of wine industry, wine tourism industry, from big uh, established wineries to small micro-influencers. And with the help of our networking, with the help of the influencer base we have to promote the uh, project within the website, supporting it with many events, which will be, for example, the final event would be in Italy in May. And... Um, it's a one year and uh, sorry, one year uh, one year advertising campaign which will draw attention to the business and uh, the judges we are very very proud of them so today Felicity Carter who gave one of the speeches one of our judges uh, Olga Bucinella many of you know her she is one of them Philip Morrison so I mean. Uh, please check winetravelawards.com and if you have any questions, we can discuss it in our uh, discussion time. So now we are moving to yeah, yeah, yeah. resume the presentation. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So a couple of takeaways, you know. So, well, uh, as I told you, I mean, the Ukraine really, this is the market that is developing. And uh, honestly speaking, that is something that I realized, you know, just maybe within the last couple of hours, you know, listening to the previous um, presentations. Now I can say that Ukraine is quite developed market. So that's something that you should have in mind. So, but still the potential is, you know, it's huge. So Italy has the best image of the wine producer. So Italian wines are driving the category. Italian wines are in fashion. So market is open. So all kinds of wines are developing. So entry level is developing, premium developing, still sparkling, everything goes up. Potential seems to be very good. So just not very good news that a lot of producers are already on the market which means that i mean if you're a producer and you're thinking about uh, coming to ukraine you have to stop thinking and probably to come because well it's booming but well it should you know have the top at some level so but we're waiting for you i mean for wine producers from italy we're waiting for you in ukraine and yeah thank you very much uh, so our contact details, you have them, and uh, yes, 
Yeah, let's uh, we're now. Ready. We're ready yes, for your uh, questions. Yes, switch to discussion, please. Any questions? Wow. Everybody, everybody wow. was so clear. <laughs> okay, so you have the contacts. Uh, yeah. No. What about natural wines? Natural wines. Natural wines. They start to become some kind of the category in the Ukraine. So not as big as in uh, Western Europe. So. Uh, Sometimes people are looking for the natural wines. Mostly they're looking, of course, for the organic and natural uh, in foods, less in the wines. Uh, so I, I would say that this is just the beginning. Probably it will develop, but I would say that probably in the next 5-10 years will develop more. Sometimes, okay, it's a category now, but still a small one, so not the most important one. Any other questions? About the taste of the wine, which is the, the feelings from your, the customer from Ukraine? which type they need, for, for example, about acidity, about uh, sweetie, mm -hmm. which is the most common that people are looking for. Okay, yeah, very good question. I, well, you know, there are good questions and interesting ones. So the good one is the one that I do know the answer for. So this is good. Um, so, you know, both actually. So there are different, okay, traditionally people go for more uh, sweeter wines. So 15 years ago, I would say for you that people would go for the semi-sweet wines. But then, 10 years ago or something, people started to read books, local people, and then they found out that the good wines should be the dry wines. And so that's why everybody tried to go to the dryer. But still, probably in their mentality, people were looking for something sweet. So that's why, you know, right now, Primitivo is booming, for example. So this is the new tendency that we have. So Primitivo, people are looking for the Primitivo, so for that type, you know, of the sweeter wines. Well, still, uh, when we talk about the specialists or the people who drink uh, or travel a lot to Europe, so then we find uh, people who go for the classical ones. So I would say everything will go, you know. And uh, still, you know, in majority, people go just for the classical Italian wine. So they will go for the Chianti name, you know, for example. So even if they, I would say, probably will not like the taste, but they will go for the Chianti because they know that this Chianti, it's Italian, so I know for sure that it's interesting. And uh, in terms of whites, this is booming, by the way. So we didn't have much of the white wines previously. Now I think we have white wines more than red wines. And for this, people are looking for the light wines. So people are looking for the, let's say, aperitive wines, for the easy wines. Pinot Grigio, it's perfect, for example. So rather than to go for some powerful whites, so this is probably the... Um, hardly will, anybody will understand in Ukraine. And sparkling, of course. I mean, sparkling as the aperitif wine, uh, that's an interesting. I mean, in terms of taste, if you will do the blind tasting, people will go, for example, for Prosecco extra dry. But if they will buy the bottle, they will buy Brut, you know. So it will be the best bottle will be when it will be written Brut, but the taste will be extra dry. So like that. Or dry. Didn't get okay, it. so uh, the question is that uh, as far as import is concerned to your country, export to your country is... Mm -hmm. What is the, the, the portion of uh, the countries around you? This is what my question, like mm -hmm. Romania. Only good questions. Uh, if we talk about our neighbors who are our ex, well, ex-USSR uh, republics like Moldova or Georgia, then everybody thinks that these are the local wines. Still, people think that these are the local wines, so they think about these wines as locals. That's why they're thinking about these wines as being the cheap wines. If we talk about the Eastern European wines, this is unfortunately this is the bad news for Romania, Hungary, 
Slovakia and Bulgaria. Uh, unfortunately, in mentality still of the Ukrainian people, Western European uh, wines are considered to be more quality wines, more quality products than the Eastern European. So, which is the great news for Italy. I mean, we're in Italy right now. But for the Eastern European countries, so that is, uh, well, we have wines, very small quantities, and it's extremely hard to sell them. I mean, okay, speaking about, I mean, our company, my company, I don't have any of these wines. We don't have any of those wines. We just don't know how to sell them. Greece, same. People don't think about these countries as the wine-making countries, or even if they think about them making wine, they think that this wine should be cheaper, for example, much cheaper than French, Spanish, or Italian wine, which it doesn't happen. Uh, if you will allow me, I will just add, as uh, I'm also from East Europe, uh, the thing is that uh, uh, people from there, they saw uh, Europe, West Europe, you know, like North America, as something very desirable. Uh, because of Soviet Union being closed for so long, this idea it's still like a dream, you know, and wine it's so much more than just a drink, because uh, it's about traveling, it's about seeing new things, and this is with what our consumers associate wines, they don't want Moldova. They want Italy, they want beautiful castle, they want people speaking other languages, and it's really true, it's what sells. More and more good news for Italian producers. Yeah. Is price important uh, for the local market? And if the price for media are important, is it more local media or um, international, like decanter wines? For consumer, I would say probably not very important. Well, I don't think that they do reach the specialized price. For uh, for the industry, yes, of course, it is very important. So we have our local uh, press, Drinks Plus, so that is the most important uh, wine magazine in, in Ukraine. So they do their very good job, you know, in promoting the wines, and so that is really important for the industry. Uh, I'm not sure. Do we have some other magazines? We have now new uh, electronical magazines, so which means the internet magazines. So uh, that's also quite important, and that's well, yeah, people yeah. people get the information. Yes, I'll, I'll just finish from my perspective. But what uh, if we talk about the international press? Then it does matter for. Uh, for professional, like for me, for example, I mean, this is the way how we look for the new wines, for example, or for the new trends. So that's very specific. But yeah, that does matter. Yeah, just uh, as I'm collaborating with many media, um, this is really true that each nation, uh, they trust their own leading magazines. This is what happens. That's why it's important also, like, building this collaboration with locals, right? But, uh, like, even Felicity Carter today with her talk about bloggers, all these trends, they are global, you know? Now people receive so much information from bloggers, influencers, they became media in itself. And Ukraine it's in a way also it's the same trend there and this is one of the reasons why uh, many businesses want to cooperate with them and to know local influencers you also need to you know find this partner to touch them yeah just this type of comment so as an important how is important for you to have a partner in italy uh, that does work very well also on the wine tourism and how you see this in the future for you to build brands and to support the sales of the wines. That helps. 
of course because when we think about the development of the brand uh okay there are classical stuff that we're doing on the market so with the sales promotions with the advertising and whatever but of course it's always good when we can tell to the customers that uh, if you're in italy when you are in italy you can come to the place and then you can see yourself where this wine is made and yeah of course that is the help and uh, also i mean for me as an importer uh, we i mean in previous life before the covid uh we were doing the intensive trips for our clients for our managers for our agents uh, again to to producers so of course it's much better it was much easier for us you know to work with the companies that could then take you know the group from the ukraine yeah of course it's very important and uh, yeah yeah wine tourism brand always contributes because as i told this is what eastern european people search for and even if you didn't build wine tourism you need at least to collaborate with really good uh, media photographers you know to present it as something desirable you know you need to uh focus on the dream of the person because uh Pavel mentioned it uh in general the purchasing power of majority of Ukrainians are not very high we have like yeah luxury segment like rich people of course but for many people it's just dreams you know and we need to feed these dreams any other question i have a question about how much fragmented the market is and whether the Now, wine trade is mostly concentrated in the capital, or it's uh, more developing also to the other parts of uh, the country. Hmm. Uh, it changed again ten years ago. I would say that uh, it's all concentrated only in Kiev and on the other called the millionaire cities, which are, I mean, the big cities, so which are Odessa, Kharkiv, Lviv, and Dnipro. Um, but now it's became more diversified. And the main reason for that, speaking honestly, we're getting back to the e-commerce. And that was maybe something that was, I don't know, was it, maybe it's not very unique, but what we faced that, um, uh, well, we have, in in our country, we have Rosetka company, which is the analog probably of Amazon in the United States. Uh, they managed very good solutions with their, so they deliver their goods everywhere so you can you know buy online everything and they will deliver um, the bottle of good wine anywhere and that actually changed the patterns because uh, in this uh, smaller uh, towns it was the problem previously that none of the distributors wanted you know to bring some small amounts of wines you know with a big assortment to some smaller cities or smaller villages now people can buy it through the internet they got this wine delivered And now we see that more and more of the good quality wine, premium wine, it's coming uh, not to the capital, but it goes directly you know, to, to, to the people in the village. So I would say that now it gets more and more fragmented. But the reason for that uh, is e-commerce. So, uh, another question. The commerce, um, uh, so is allowed through the importers or also the other companies can, uh, can do the e-commerce as well? How, how does it work? It's, uh, I mean, yeah. it's, uh, it's not prohibited in your country. and uh, It's not prohibited in our country. 
but where are the importers, for example, and we, well, we do some of the e-commerce, but the majority of the e-commerce goes through the, well, Rosetka, which is, I mean, like Amazon, you know, so actually. Yeah. So, I mean, then we work as importers, we work with these uh, e-commerce platforms. So then, of course, every importer has its own e-store, so, but uh, we have the specialized, you know, uh, companies that are operating there, they are much more successful. Good. Do we still have time? Any questions? Well, in any case, I mean, yeah, so, well, thank you very much. It, it really, it was a pleasure. So I hope you got some information from, from, from me. Well, our contacts are there and yes, we're not leaving immediately. So if you have any questions, I mean, please don't hesitate to ask. So thank you very much again. Thank you. Thank you so much. Listen to the Italian Wine Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We're on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Himalaya FM, and more. Don't forget to subscribe and rate the show. If you enjoy listening, please consider donating through italianwinepodcast.com. Any amount helps cover equipment, production, and publication costs. Until next time, cin cin.